0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, and we have a fair amount of news. Again, a lot of it's um, nonsense, divisiveness, but again, we'll, we'll jump into it. So let's, uh, let's do that. So first off, parts of the Capitol building were being evacuated due to external security threats. There was a fire that went off in the Capitol as well yesterday. It seemed to be resolved. Not a big issue, not the end of the world. Could have been just something small, maybe a soldier smoking or something, something caught on fire, who knows, right? But anyways, the next thing is that today Trump is expected to unveil a boatload of pardons and it's going to be about 100, if not more. And look, to be fair, Obama had pardoned many, many hundreds of people. It's just the criticism that's being drawn here is that Obama pardoned prisoners that were allegedly claimed to be consistent with his, you know, overall agenda, which even though I'm not really sure he knew what that was himself, but the, the... And I'm not trying to dish, you know, um, rip on him. But long story short, you know, Trump's being criticized because allegedly he's selling pardons for for money. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not endorsing it at all but it's it's never been done before there's nowhere that says you know you can't accept money for in exchange for pardons in th- pure theory he's not because he's give the money's being sent to his aides first and then after he's officially not president as of noon tomorrow i think he'll then take the money for himself look at the end of the day i'm not gonna lie i'm not encouraging it but in, in pure business fashion it's a businessman move Right, so for example, one of the people I hear being pardoned is Lil Wayne. Apparently, he's looking at ten years on a gun charge. The way I see it is that we got to remember Trump was a TV guy before, so he knew all these people. He knew all these rappers, celebrities, musicians, he actors. He knew all of them. So I guess the whole thing here is that. If you're a celebrity and you know someone who knows someone that knows Trump still or has a loose connection with him, as long as you call them up and say, listen, I'll give you X amount of money and or I'll have it wired to one of your staffers or your kids or your family. And if you can pardon me, that would be great. And Trump says, yes, in pure. I, I understand the ethical reasoning behind it, but in pure textbook theory, there's really nothing against it. Now, I, I mean, there's nothing there's no law against it. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe there are certain things that could be implicate uh, indicative or indicative of some type of legal repercussions, but I have yet to see that. So anyways, the next thing is that Germany announced detainment camps for those who break COVID-19 protocols. Now, that sounds like a little bit sc- a little bit scary, especially considering Germany, you know, given their past and all that. Um, I do want to say that this is by no means a reflection on the German people. I have a lot of friends that are German fantastic people. It's more so a, re- a reflection on the German parties and the government's. Not all of the people within those parties, but again, Angela Merkel apparently gave the go-ahead to say that they will be people will be detained if they are not following the COVID nineteen lockdown and restriction guidelines. So look. At the end of the day, if people are not upset, about, if enough people are upset about it, the way I see it is that people will protest and, unfortunately, riot. And it seems like, you know, again, the same way that this has been occurring in the U.S., it might occur there too if people are that fed up. So we will see what happens. Again, it's not my place to give you guys my my statement on these things. So or my opinion on these things. It's just for me to report it. The next thing is that Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, will not be going to Biden's inauguration, citing right wing threats as the reason he's not going. I. I really think the right-wing threats are there. I think the left-wing threats are there. But at the same time, I think the right-wing threat narrative has been amplified by the mainstream media. Now, yes, it can be debated that there are certain right-wing extremist groups that are far more uh, vengeful and violent than left-wing groups, but that's very much up for debate because, again, we are currently being deceived by the current media, mainstream media at hand. They're wrapping small fragments of certain half-truths in with a certain narrative that their boss and their superior and their corporate donors are telling them to it's in it's to keep people divided when you keep them divided you can create more control while that division of the that distraction of division is occurring right the next thing that i want to mention too it's not really a news point but i want to bring it up which is that someone brought this up why are democrats worried about the military turning on biden when just weeks ago most troops according to all the mainstream media polls were pro-biden I mean look, it's a great point. It's simple. They're trying to start a uh, spark division. I'm not saying there isn't anything there. There is, but to say at the same time that it's all Donald Trump's fault, Donald Trump's fault, not true whatsoever, guys. He okay, arguably he lit the fire to the flame, but the it was already there. The gas was like metaphorically, the gas was already spilled on the floor. So if it wasn't going to be Trump, it was going to be somebody else. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not saying he's good or bad. I'm just saying if we look at it from a totally neutral stance, that's what it is. So anyways, the next thing is that Trump lifted the ban on traveling from Europe, UK, and Brazil, and then Biden reinstated it, or he's going to, so pretty much nothing's going to change. I got some friends out in the UK, and I got some friends that are actually uh, Canadian where I am, and they're in the UK right now, and uh, they're having some trouble even getting a test. And I've heard that in the news as well, depending on what part of England or the UK you're in, Scotland, Ireland, you name it. um, People are having issues getting a test, so we'll see what happens, right? Now, the interesting thing about all of this is that, again, apparently, a lot of these politicians and elites, they're getting the real mRNA vaccine, whereas the more lowered version or the more dumbed-down version with the microchip tracker... Is the one that everyone else is getting now. Again, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to start something that's not there. But at the same time, I got to bring it up because when we look at situations where, for example, a Mexican cardinal directly connected to the Vatican was suspended on Facebook for saying that he told his people at his pastor at his church to not take the vaccine because it has microchips that Bill Gates put in it. So look, at the end of the day, whether or not we believe it or we don't believe it, I don't think it's the social media platforms area to be the, the moral arbiter of all this. And I've mentioned this in the, in the last couple of weeks very specifically. But again, it's interesting to see how everything kind of comes full circle and how everything is just fully, fully connected. Right. Um, the next thing is that a Chinese agency is being accused of falsifying covid test results oh yeah shocker there i mean oh my gosh that's like i mean cnn was all over that this morning when i checked it's like what what the hell? Like, w- I think it's because they got nothing else to talk about. And I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't think this episode today is going to be the longest one in the world when it comes to reporting news because all the focus seems to be on tomorrow's inauguration. I did check World News and other websites that are not American, obviously. And there doesn't seem to be anything super crazy going on. I mean, there's a lot of major issues, don't get me wrong. But in terms of anything occurring in the last 12 to 15 hours that I've been checking the news that would be relevant to bring up, nothing super substantial. I mean, you look at the Israeli bombings and stuff. That was all reported. Yesterday, So today sort of seems like that gap to prepare for tomorrow's inauguration to see if there's going to be any attacks on state capitals and things like that. So it's kind of like me reporting on the actual news channels and news networks, which is uh, which is kind of interesting and fun for a change. So the next thing is that Black Lives Matter protesters shut down a a freeway in Seattle, apparently a very um, populated freeway, very busy freeway. Look, if it's peaceful protesting. I got no problem with it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I got to tell you straight up. Black Lives Matter, for example, certain elements of Black Lives Matter, I think, need to be uh, denounced and removed and condemned. Just like certain elements of, you know, the Proud Boys and and Boogaloo and all that, All those all those, pe- those far right groups as well, need to be denounced and need to be, I don't want to use the word suppressed, but they need to, they need to be rectified. Let's call it that. And so I, I can't say for sure if this group that is holding up the Seattle Freeway is a peaceful group or is a non-peaceful group. But look, I think Black Lives Matter is a, it's a dangerous, uh, it's, I don't want to say dangerous movement, it's a delicate movement. That, that's the word I'm looking for. I say delicate because, again, you have some very great people in there, but you have some very, very bad people as well. Right, And again, the mainstream media will say, well, according to the narrative, this is not the case, and yada, yada. Again, we have to look at the stories and the things that are going on out there that the mainstream media will not report on. right? And so we have to try to do our best to dig up those stories and see where it comes from and what we can get from it. The next thing is that after alarmed over many deaths, Norway maintains its policy on the Pfizer vaccine, which I guess is whatever they said they're taking each patient with their own medical context before deciding to give them the vaccine. So let me just recap. That There were about 23 people that died in Norway. 13 of the 23 were seniors that seemed to have some type of adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine. However, the government of Norway and their medical institutions and organizations and establishments have said that they have not found reason enough for this to be justification to slow down or halt the Pfizer vaccine distribution. However, they have said they are on alert. Now, I did see a video where I believe it was something like 80,000 nurses in Norway. I believe it was Norway held a press conference talking about how they are against the vaccine. I didn't look into the full video. I didn't watch the full thing to tell you guys the truth. I do believe it's something that is totally real. I don't think it would be faked for any reason. Um, It was a large, large table with tons of nurses justifying their reasoning. And I think the mainstream media will never report on that. So again, it's interesting to see that when certain videos and certain things get suppressed, how it all pans out. The next thing I want to cover very quickly, and I'm not trying to make this about myself because I did, I will be mentioning it in the uh, the episode later today, uh, is about my video, uh, the veritas using biorhythms to stage false flags has been age restricted. Um, they they put a monetization lock. I did promise uh, you guys I would never monetize my videos, so it doesn't really make a difference to me. But they took away the ability for me to monetize it, which is fine, whatever. But they also put an age restriction, and they said, you know, our team personally reviewed this video. So why is it that the one video I make, not about a specific conspiracy, but just the one video I make discussing free thought, gets censored? You know what I mean? So anyways, not to make it too much about myself, but I just wanted to bring that up. The next thing is that Qatar called on the Gulf nations to engage in diplomacy or diplomacy with Iran, pretty much meaning a be friendly to iran be nice calm the hell down look iran's got issues with a bunch of countries not just the u.s not just can't just the west they got issues with everybody israel and all that and so it's interesting to see what will happen here very interesting to, to speculate as to what will occur with iran again i know a lot of people from iran uh, great great people i'm talking more about the regime they've been known to support you know uh, islamic extremist groups and things like this you know hamas and all that and look it's a very touchy subject, not in the, not in terms of political sensitivity, but in terms of physical sensitivity in a military and strategical sense, because when we look at it, what we'll see is that it's almost like, okay, it depends on what political view you have that'll translate into a physical action beca- militarily, because... If you have a certain view that's like, well, they're their own country, they could do what they want, we don't care if they sponsor terrorists, as long as it doesn't affect us at our own country or our other partners, and I'm sure our other partners would agree, that's one of you. The other view is that, no, we should completely rectify terrorism from the entire world and, you know, nip it in the butt, no matter what country, go screw yourself, you know, especially with the U.S. uh, having been on this worldwide hunt to destroy terrorism thing for the last 20 years, it'll be like, no, we're the U.S., we're the reigning power of the world, we're partnered with God, you know, um, so many goddamn countries that you got no say in this we don't care if it's your own country you're in enforcing and enticing and inciting stabilized um, militia groups of terrorist cells so we're going to do what we want again depends on the world view that you take because there are justifications to both reasons i'm not going to lie so it's really not that difficult to understand both sides of it the next thing is that Palestine is receiving its first batch of Russian COVID vaccines. Now, what makes me look at this is not so much the Palestinians, but when Russia had said many months before the U.S. vaccine was announced, Russia had said they had their own and that it worked, and that they did, they did admit they skipped a bunch of steps, or my apologies, they were doing steps two and three and one, which was you're going step two was the testing, step three was the mass rollout. And then step four was the, the final just, you know, inoculation of the whole country. They were testing it while rolling it out on a small scale. So look, the way I see it is that if it works, it works. Putin said he gave it to his daughter. I don't know if I believe that. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, but at the same time, if it works, it works. It's very simple. And we'll see what happens in Palestine after, um, after they get the vaccines. And one thing I wanted to point out as well, too, you notice when it comes to reporting the news, it's always about, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's always the way that it's concluded. Which is why, it's like, when you look at the mainstream media, it's like, the hell are you guys talking about all day, you know? (laughs) Anyways, the next thing is that the Pentagon said they're accelerating their efforts to root out far-right extremism within their own ranks. I would dare to say a lot of the far-right extremist ideological views within the military and all that stem from an overall view of the world. When you see the world in the way that a lot of soldiers do, and I'm not trying to defend these far-right views, let me make that very clear but we have to understand one aspect to un- to understand the whole piece of the pie if you know what i mean. So when i look at these soldiers and i see this, i start to think maybe their far right extremism views were not initially extreme far right views. They were maybe more centrist or moderate and slowly but surely as they saw the world through the eyes of, you know, the battlefields they've been through and all that, they started to get a much more different view because they see how ruthless the place is and to give or the, how ruthless the world is. I'll give you an example, a bit of an extreme example, but I'm going to say it. A friend of mine was not for any of the killing in the Middle East many years ago, and then he watched a documentary on what a lot of these, not all of them, but what a lot of these these people in the Middle East, specifically the terrorist cells, the extremists, do to others for absolutely no reason in terms of torturing and murdering. And then he calls me up and he goes, Dave, you know, my whole perspective has changed completely because I see how ruthless they are. So if that's my friend just seeing something on a documentary on a screen, imagine what these soldiers see. And I'm not, again, I'm not justifying the far-right extremist perspective. I'm just saying we have to understand how they got there to begin with. I would dare to say very few people start with a far-left or a far-right extremist kind of perspective or ideology. It's always pushed a little more and more further and further every little bit, you know, little by little. Now, what I also want to point out is something that a lot of um, intellectuals have subscribed to, which is that it's much easier to draw the line between a conservative or republican and a far right um, extremist perspective rather than it is to draw a distinctive line between the left and the far left and the reason for that is because a lot of the ideological proposals within the far left tend to overlap within the center left and so it's harder to dictate. And I'm not trying to put the blame on the left. I'm just saying this is what it seems to be. It's much more easier to draw a line in the sand with these far-right people than it is to do with uh, with these far-left people. And if we look at, for example, the Joe Rogan podcast with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, his lawyer Vijay Gaddy and um, Tim Pool. Tim Pool talks about how, or he asks Vijay Gaddy the lawyer, the one who's responsible for pretty much banning everybody on Twitter, uh, even to this day. She said, essentially, long story short, that it's much easier to tell the difference between center-right and far-right extremists than it is center-left and far-left extremists. And that's because they're more decentralized, the far-left groups, like Antifa and BLM. Again, because a lot of them are good people, but a lot of them are bad people. So there's a lot of decentralization, whereas with the far-right, it's more of a top-down pyramid organizational kind of structure, right? So the next thing I want to talk about is that a woman accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop and allegedly attempting it to sell it to Russian intelligence uh, just turned herself in a handful of hours ago, I believe. I don't know how serious it was in terms of communication with Russian intelligence. I don't know if she got any information on Nancy Pelosi's laptop that was valuable. Again, it goes back to the security of the capital. What the hell, man? she could have sensitive classified information. Whether or not that should be revealed to the public is an entirely different debate. I'm not trying to be like, you know, Edward Snowden in this morning episode, but I think ultimately when we look at that, it's kind of like, what the hell? It's like, why that, like, the security to begin with, but there's got to be some more protocols that could help if she had sensitive information on that laptop that would help keep it secret and harder to break in, in terms of a digital or virtual sense. I mean, at the end of the day, my God, like, They got to they got to ramp up their security protocols, not just physically, but also, you know, uh, technologically as well, because at the end of the day, someone just came into her office and took her laptop. Simple as that. Right. So anyways, the next thing is that a nearby fire prompted evacuation of Biden's team while they were rehearsing for the evacuation, the inauguration. I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode it all had to do I think it was one fire I'm not sure if there was more than one but it caused a lot of people to evacuate there was temporary panic because they thought maybe there was some type of extremist attack either from within you know American citizens or from uh, externally. That was not the case. Thankfully, doesn't seem to be the case. But again, the news will over sensationalize and hype it up until it's been proven that everything's calmed down. So that is it for today. Thank you guys very much for watching. And we will catch you guys tomorrow or for the afternoon episode later today. Cheers.